welcome to Warp Zone. My name's Tara Smith, and I'm here with... Ben, Benasic. Hello. Hi. Hi. Good to be here. And we are in lovely, um, wintry Sydney, uh, recording at the Sydney University. Yep. In the John Woolley building. Whoever John... Do you even know who John Woolley was? No. No, some guy. If anyone knows and wants to send us in an email, that'd be cool. We take emails. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't spoken about it. I, know, I guess you can tweet me. Um, yeah, tweet Ben. I'm, I need to get a Twitter account, but I haven't got one yet. But yeah. I aim to get a Twitter account. I don't know what tweet, tweet a handle, tweet, tweet Twitter, a, handle. Twitter handle to have. Twitter handle. Apparently yeah. the June skull is already taken. I met her already. Oh. Yeah, which could have been me. What about the June underscore skull? <laughs> I guess I could do that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be known in Twitter just for June. Um, a bit of background. So... Basically, I'm doing my PhD in the field of science fiction, and I'm in the Department of Religion, which is a little bit odd, but I'm making it work. Um, mm. And I'm in my second year, and I'm hoping to submit the year after next. And Oh, we're talking about that. That's made me <laughs> nervous. Uh, yes, I'm in, I guess, my second year, but I've gone now part-time. Um, I'm also in the Studies of Religion Department, um, and my thesis topic is in relation to third century apophatic theology and philosophy um, and examining uh, the play types of certain video gamers. Yeah, and don't be uh, like freed out if you don't know what any of those words mean. I don't fully know what any of them are. I, do you want to do like the dumb down version? I, I talk about video games and pe why people play unending video games. But I think we should start at the beginning and give like intro as to who we are and where we've come from and such. Mm -hmm. um, so Tara, okay, yeah. who are you? I am ooh, I'm getting a bit philosophical yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm 27. I was born in Lismore in a teepee, got a bit of a hippie family yeah. background an um, actual TP. well I was and then I started coming out of breach and I'll have to take me to the hospital but she'd set up like, coming out of breach of the TP or out of the womb so basically we'd, she set it all up like a birthing TP in like the hills around Byron Bay and then it just didn't really go to plan so we had to go to hospital um, hmm. yeah <laughs> I know hmm. it's surprising right yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <clears throat> basically I went to school in Ballina, which is right near Byron Bay, and now and then I moved to Sydney to do my studies. I enrolled it to do vet science, didn't work out, did two years of that, found a partner. That was a bonus, so it wasn't all mm. waste of time. And then starting my PhD, um, which is really fun. I actually it's not fun. I completely made that up. It's really hard. <laughs> it's not fun. It's it's terrible. It's like it's like every day it's hard to get out of it. No, I'm kidding. Um, because I'm doing science fiction, so at least. The benefit of that is that whenever I'm reading, my partner's like, shouldn't you be studying? I'm like, well, I am. <laughs> this is study. That's actually quite fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not just looking at science fiction. I'm looking at science fiction and how it can be used to kind of make the world a better place, which if it sounds kind of naive, I guess it is a little bit, but um, I'm very passionate about it. Uh, I love reading. Uh, and I thought if I'm going to spend three and a half years doing something, it may well be something I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So uh, the PhD is kind of broken up into three sections. I'm doing uh, like an, uh, some interviews and surveys with writers about why they write and um, what kind of compels them to write science fiction. And then I'm also doing like a curriculum based on what I would think is like an ideal curriculum uh, for university students that would help kind of uh, open up their minds and, and change. Because I think science fiction allows us, it's almost like a thought experiment or 
it allows us to understand tricky ideas of technology or philosophy or the world in a way that's in a story form. It's myth. It's myth making, mm -hmm. but uh, in a, in a kind of different way, and that's why I think it's really useful, especially in uh, today's society. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I also love writing about conspiracy theories. So if you've got any good ones, feel free to talk to me about them. I just love conspiracy theories. I'm a David Icke specialist. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fan. But I like these kind of wacky ideas. I kind of get a bit excited about that. Um, What's the longest David Icke video you've sat through? Eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fan. It's a really long time. That's a yeah. long time. <laughs> it's a long time. It's a lot of David Icke. It's a lot yeah. of lizard people. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. basically, yeah, I write a bit about David Icke. I like writing about new religious movements. Um, I am looking at religion and science fiction as well as part of my PhD, so it's not completely like random. But mm. yeah, my background is majoring in religious studies, and I've always liked the kind of new religious movements and the kind of weird and the wacky. Um, other than that, in my spare time, I have a cat named Thomas or Mally, the alley cat. You have to say his full name every time you address him. Yeah. Uh, a very handsome stray cat. Uh, my partner's also called Tom, which does make it a bit confusing, but um, it shouldn't come up. I mean, <laughs> I can think of ways that... It, well... Okay. <laughs> so Tom's eating out of the sink again. <laughs> which Tom is it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, basically, we're hoping this podcast will just be a bit of fun um, and mm. get to talk about ideas. I try and get more confident with telling people what I'm doing. I like to, I'm just trying to learn how to do that better. And that's enough about me, Ben. Okay, uh, I had a significantly different upbringing. Um, so I'm the oldest of five children. Um, so my mother, Greek background, my father, Polish. Um, so immigrant family living in um, rural New South Wales. So we were the Wog family. Um, you know, the Wog Boy, that movie was basically my life. I'd go to school and have my little blanket and um, lots of foods that people can't pronounce, which was always fun. Um, and then uh, I got interested in um, the afterlife very early on. Um, uh, my dad tells a story how when I was uh, uh, eight or nine or something, um, and uh, actually, no, I would have been younger. Um, then we were driving through um, Rookwood Cemetery, and they've got the signpost saying, you know, different um, religions and such. And I asked him, you know, uh, when you go to heaven, is that what happens? Like, is there segregation in heaven? Um, uh, not in those words, but um, you know, I was just interested in how burial practices were affecting um, people. And then half of my family is Orthodox, half of my family is Catholic. So it's this real strange mismatch of religion and culture. Uh, and then <clears throat> I sort of took a, a long way to get to academia. Um, so I'm 36, I think. Yes. Yeah, 36. Um, I actually uh, was an IT specialist and then the dot-com crash happened and the chances of getting a job in, in web design was never going to take place. So I uh, went through a series of different jobs, moved back to um, my home area, decided to run for council. I was a deputy mayor and a mayor, um, so an elected uh, councillor for eight years. Um, and I was the youngest mayor of the region, uh, youngest mayor of Wollandilly ever, um, which was at, at times really hard. Um, and you know, there was you know, certain aspects of bullying and such, and I've spoken very publicly about that previously in different um, forms. Um, and then I started to put my mind to um, academia uh, with my wife Jody um, encouraging me to do so. We have two children. Um, Jack and Isaiah 
um, and being a father and, and studying in academia was hard uh, and is hard. Uh, so I also have a shop um, and I'm doing this part time, but I, I give as much hours as I possibly can to it. Um, so I, I enrolled in doing a um, theology degree at Newcastle University. I'm, I think that requires a little bit of unpacking because theology can mean lots of different things. It's assumed that it's just a, a church-based degree, which a lot of theology degrees actually are. Um, it really is um, a mixture of biblical studies, philosophy, history, um, and social sciences, um, such as sociology. So it's all of those things mixed in together. Basically a degree on how to read um, and how to engage with the world and what is religion. Um, I then changed my honours to philosophy um, and I looked at um, Origen, who is a guy who lived um, uh, before uh, the Roman Empire became Christianised, um, lived in Caesarea, which is a beautiful um, place to visit. It's a disused town, so you can go around the ruins and it's actually really, really nice to have a look at. There's a beach there. like. That's something your I favorite, don't like. Your favorite thing. Yeah, the rejection of the humanity out of the ocean, um, which I'm sure I'll, I'll bring up many, many times. Um, and yeah, so it's a very, really nice place. Uh, but you, this is where Origen was talking to Jews and Christians at the time, and it's this mix match of ideas. And I looked at his um, way of engaging um, with God and religion and um, the Bible in general, and I found that people label him as an allegorist or a typologist which are two problematic terms um, and I argued he was actually using a Jewish methodology of um, exposition which shows that the parting of the ways between Judaism and Christianity actually didn't happen uh, 200 years prior it happened far far later uh, I then came to Sydney University to enrolled to do my PhD in the ancient world was going to look at Caesarea in particular, um, at the Jewish Christian differences, but um, the problem was um, beyond language, the organization of the Jewish corpus is not so like the um, Christian church fathers or early, early writers. It's a mixed match of ideas and names and views, and there's lots of storytelling, and that's the whole Jewish way of understanding religion. Um, so I had to revisit the thesis topic because there was going to be too many holes in the final project um, and it wasn't going to be a project that I could do over three to three years full-time or eight years part-time um, it just wasn't going to be possible to do it so I've parked that um, yeah, it was a big project I remember when yeah. we first started like early on when we first met you had like a like some weird like excel sheet where you're trying to like have yeah. all these different names and words <laughs> yeah. and tracking the origins yeah, of each word. It just right. looked like a massive... And I'd spend days <laughs> just coming into the university and scanning in books, and then I was translating the books to PDFs, searchable PDFs, and I was using search terms to try and actually connect those, and it just became... Um, what's that? There's that meme of the guy in the room where she's got all the words behind him and, like, the, the strings and stuff. I was, <laughs> I was that guy. Um, yeah, it... It was way, way too big. Um, so the, the thesis topic I've got now in looking at um, why certain people play certain video games which don't have ends, I think is really, really interesting. And what those people get out of those video games um, is, is fascinating to me. Um, you know, why which is still drawing a little bit... I mean, because for some people this might sound like a big jump between mm. the kind of like... Um, 
what was the guy's name again? Uh, Origin. Origin and now gaming. So like, do you want to just like really briefly connect the two? Yeah. Okay. So Origin looked at um, the world, uh, not quite, but he touched on apophatic theology, which is negative theology. So you can't um, give attributes to any aspect of spirituality or God. So I can't. Not to be confused with apathy. No. no. (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, I had a coffee this morning. Um, from Taste, which is a very nice coffee because it's Campos coffee. Yeah, it's good coffee. Uh, and it's a good coffee, so you use the term good, which yeah. is great. So as Tara used the word good, we can then imagine, okay, that it tasted good, um, it felt good, it was the right temperature, so it was good, it was all these attributes which are good. Um, we can't use that term then for God, this is according to apophatic um, theologians and philosophers, can't use that term for God because then it's bringing likeness to God as it is to the coffee. So we shouldn't do that. So you talk about God in in aspects of negative, um, which means humans can never fully understand the end goal, the final final things. Um, We'll never ever get there. It's never ever gonna happen. So it's very different than the type of um, belief structure that um, is professed today by particularly Protestant and Christian churches, um, you know, of, of promising, um, you know, you're going to spend your, your final days in heaven and with your family and this attribute of personalities is just, it's not, not there. Um, it's kind of that image of God in the Simpsons where he's got like a big white beard and he kind yeah. of sits above the clouds, like people kind of yeah. really, God's become very like personable. Absolutely, yeah, and the, the personal Jesus is, yeah. is particularly that, you know, there's people talking about actually feeling that Jesus is sitting around the table from them. and it's Which a, isn't an apophatic thing. No, no, apophatic is completely opposite. So this that would be more cathophatic, um, which is the opposite of that, yeah. you know, talking about the attributes which we can understand about religion. So um, I'm using that apophatic um, belief structure, finding similarities with later philosophers um, like Albert Camus. Um, and, uh, you <laughs> he know, loves Camus. You're going to hear Camus to a lot. love so. Camus. Camus yeah. is bae. Camus is going to come back. Camus is bae. Camus is the best looking philosopher. Um, <laughs> He's got it as his desktop background. I, I don't. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I should. Um, yeah, Camus is bae. Um, yeah, so I... I I track that that train of thought, and then um, I, I look at people that play video games that are of a particular type, and it doesn't need to be a particular genre. But um, you know, the, the guy that, that sat down to play Nibbler, which is basically Snake, and he's playing it for thirty hours at the arcade machine. That's fascinating to me. Like, why is he still doing that? Why does he do that? Um, where does where does he go to the bathroom? There's so many practical questions I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> How does he not go to the toilet for like 30 hours? Yeah, you get up lives and you can leave oh, that okay. game. But there are other games where there's forums of how to um, in- entice your friends to help you along that journey. Oh, gross. <laughs> Using, yeah, buckets and stuff. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's not great. Whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes, yeah. <laughs> whatever it takes to get to the end goal, which you'll never get there. Um, yeah. That's the thing. So you're wondering yeah. why people do it because it's obviously not for money. It's, I mean, no. for minimal fame, you get to be, like, uploaded on that, like, very in-circle kind of yeah, yeah. game. Like Twin Galaxies <laughs> or something. Galaxies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's not, like, normally people, you describe it to someone and someone would go, there's no way, like, I would do that. No, that's right. That's right, yeah. But they, um, they seem to get almost in this um, flow state. Um, 
the individuals and then um, the way that they then engage with it constantly is almost this meditative process and what they're getting out of it I believe is uh, can only be explained through a religious experience and that's that's the conclusion which I am working towards mm-hmm. um, and certainly what is evident with the um, you know, the feedback that I'm getting from surveys and such. That's similar. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of surveys that Ben had to painstakingly. Yeah, yeah. I'm up to like, ah, uh, it's over a thousand surveys That's actually have been yeah. responded. But you've, you had yeah. more gamers respond than religious people, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've had um, roughly 300 people that are from um, certain religions answering the same question that I'm asking gamers. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. So stay tuned for update on how those results go. Uh, yeah, I'll be lots of complaining, no doubt. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's my, my thesis. Now, uh, beyond our, our two um, projects, um, we teach. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, we, ben Tack got a bit more experience there. He's sort of been shooting a bit more. I'm just sort of starting out, but I really enjoy it. I like working with like younger people. And I feel like teaching university is such a privilege because people aren't like as disengaged as high school students. So when people say, like, well, would you teach uh, high school? Theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> but they've chosen that unit, right? Yes. Yeah. People don't choose a religious studies unit to, like, you know, necessarily get a job. So I feel like people mm. who it are kind of engaged. I mean, you can, there yeah. are jobs out there, but you know what I mean? So I, I think it's, a, it's really fun to teach. And also, I like to really focus on what the student wants to learn and for them finding out for themselves. And, and because, yeah. you know, lecturing, they're already being lectured at, I feel like a tutor shouldn't be a repeat of the lecture. It should mm. be really just facilitating that. So I really like it. And I'm teaching again this semester and Ben's got a couple of classes, different universities. I do, yes. So I I lecture at Newcastle University and I tutor um, at ACU and here at Sydney as well. (laughs) Um, Three different courses, very different. It's very strange actually going to three different universities and dealing with the bureaucracy of three. And the admin. (laughs) And the admin, yeah, and getting passes. We were just there today, actually. We're getting keys. We had to wait. Mm, Because we lost our office, which was such a nice office. It's an okay office. Well, it it had a little garden. We never used the garden. That's true, we never went out in the garden, but we could. It was like having the option, right? Yeah, Yeah, we lost the option. Yeah. Yeah, we were in an office, uh, but now we are in a shared tutor space, Mm. which means that we will probably record here um, and you... We will probably get interrupted at some point. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mm. think we also, we will talk a bit about politics and religion. Yes. Because Ben, having uh, been a mayor, knows a little bit about politics, or quite a lot about politics. Mm. He's actually interested in it too. And I'm still kind of learning, but I'm interested in it as well. Well, my, you've got a personal <laughs> reason yeah, for being interested. Yeah, my mum's a politician for the Greens. She's the um, MP for Ballina. Mm. And she's just been re-elected for a second term, which is awesome. Which is good. And I went out and handed out how to vote cards with her, which was a very uh, different experience. Yeah. People take it very seriously. But I heard it went successful. Someone came up to her, I think an, an, a gentleman from the Nationals, and said that he saw me handing out how to vote cards. Oh. And he thought it was very persuasive. That's nice. <laughs> which is nice for him. It's, it's funny how the personal attribute of, of having um, like uh, the MP or the councillor or the mayor or whoever it is mm-hmm. um, right there and then the family of yeah. that uh, person it yeah it does bring a lot to it. I don't think it's needed to be on um, you know the placards or the you know the yeah, core yeah, flute yeah. signs like some people do I generally like that but 
I'm going to get a t-shirt yeah. next time. It's going to be that. Vote for my mum. Big yeah. picture of my mum's face. <laughs> you see, Bill Shorten did that. He was, the, <laughs> the, well, he was the leader of the Labour Party until he lost the, the most recent election. Um, but he was, he had to, he did a batch or something and then he was running around um, with a red shirt saying, vote one, Chloe's husband. Oh, right. And he is <laughs> Chloe's husband. Yeah, so, that's yeah, cute. Which is a very funny thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, very daggy thing to do. But I think that that personal aspect of, of, um, humanizing mm. and Bill needs that it's particularly right because he's yeah. kind of critiqued a lot for not being very personable and lacking kind of charisma totally totally actually there's a documentary on um, the election which is on Sky which is very annoying to watch but um, <laughs> it's sort of like the killing season you know that that follow on from um, the ABC mm. yeah. um, of, that was the Rudd Gillard and then the um, Abbott Turnbull um, um, you yeah. know difference of opinions and, and changing of leaderships there's a most recent one about getting rid of Turnbull and then um, uh, Morrison taking mm-hmm. his place and how the success of Morrison really is um, it, lots of people in Australia mock him for it being the daggy dad yeah that's actually what he's like like this what you see is what you get you think that's Morrison. why he's popular yeah. because he's got that kind of personable aspect of with the, the whole like thong sandal debacle yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you look at, at leadership around the world, and this is what I think we're moving in towards. So look at Boris Johnson in uh, the old London mayor, yeah. who um, goes on rambles sometimes and he makes mistakes, uh, but he is, you see, that's what he is. He's actually like that. He's, that's, mm. But then that why is, is Trump like popular when he's such a non family kind of guy? Um, I don't think you need to be a family person, I think it's about being real. And this people, seem like Trump at all. but he's he's not. I, I don't head. think that he's he's intelligent, and I don't think he tries to be intelligent. But he tries, and that's what people find endearing about him. Mm. Um, you know, you take, take your mindset into being that American um, working class person and um, being promised that end. Which is so funny because he was never really working class, right? No, he to a really rich family, yeah, but he can sell it. He can sell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he can class. sell it. Yeah, so it's a, a different thing. Um, so I think, yeah, to, to bring it back, yeah, being up there with your mum, and and coming from my own perspective, having a family in politics yeah. previously, um, yeah, it makes a difference, and it's an interesting experience. Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll talk a bit about politics. We'll talk a little bit about religion. Um, yes. I think it, I'm going to say straight out, I'm, I'm an atheist myself, um, but I don't oh. let it impact my, <laughs> my uh, research and I try and keep an open mind. Um, but I wouldn't just describe myself as particularly spiritual, although I dabble. I have incense. I have a few. Incense. I have, that's the, I have a Krishna statue. At home. That's the, the, the mechanism of chopping <laughs> into whether you're religious or not. Is yeah, it? I know. I, uh, it's an interesting thing that happens with the census, you know, it comes to your household and, um, yeah, what are you? That's <laughs> census with a C, not like census as in like S-E-N-S-E-S. Who is that? It's like census as in like just feeling Oh, the census, yeah. With someone, with someone with some census. No, no, the Australian census, if you're overseas and don't know, um, Australia, um, polls, it's citizens, um, four or five years yeah yeah um and uh one of the questions is uh what is your religion followed by what is your nationality and both of those um questions are really problematic particularly for someone like me um 
who has family um, from lots of different countries and uh, which four makes the cut is <laughs> yeah. hard. Um, yeah, and then for the religious perspective, there's only one answer you can give. You can't give two um, mm. or more, which is an interesting thing. Um, so, yeah, for my personal belief, there's, there's too many caveats with it. Um, but I, don't, I certainly give us the short version. I wouldn't say that I would be a personification of a... Um, no, I, I don't believe in a personification of a personal aspect of God. Um, so I guess you'd say um, apophatic um, yeah. or... Uh, but I, I don't know. Um, so it's like God could exist, but you don't know what he's like. Yeah, it's, it's like extreme agnosticism. Well, almost extreme agnosticism but in saying that um i'm very culturally greek orthodox i do the greek easter thing and do yeah. christmas with my i've family. had vasilopita i've been there I've yeah been i there. made a vegan vasilopita <laughs> i i converted my my family's old recipe of, of sureki bread which and, yeah, I, i'm um, vegan that's probably something else that's going to come out so mm. yeah, I'm, a, I'm an atheist and vegan i feel like we're doing confessions like yeah. <laughs> Born in a tent. Born in a tent. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I'm not an asshole about any of that. I try not to be an asshole about being vegan. But no. um, yeah, so don't send me, don't message me about being vegan. I don't know anyone's listening. Don't at me. Don't. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I don't care. There's nothing you could say that would change my mind. I've been vegan about four years. I've been vegetarian my whole life. Um, yeah. It's, it ain't going to change. But Ben's been very um, nice making Greek food vegan for me. Yeah. Which is yeah. some dishes in their heart because there's quite a few like Greek stuff. Yeah, yeah. Vegan. And it is because of the... Um, if you're going to do the full fasting calendar for um, Greek Orthodox, it is expected you don't have um, milk products, uh, animal products, or even oil on a lot of the days. Um, Which I'm already there. Like, yeah. You're there, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, you can just, um, you know, do some, and I don't eat certain products as well, so I don't eat pork, um, for example. Um, yeah, because whilst you're also Greek Orthodox, you're also Jewish as well. Yeah, yeah so I have a Jewish background, in, uh, and then that's that's got caveats as well, because what does Judaism actually yeah. mean? Is it belief? Is it, you know, cultural? Is it from the mother's side or is it father's side? And it's like, all of these different things which come into play. Um, I guess it's up so. to you personally, what do you identify <laughs> Not according to some rabbis, but <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Um, this is the fun things that we can discuss later too. I mean, like all these categories, uh, pretty much mm. mean nothing. I mean, even vegan. Like I'm not religious, but people, I eat honey. People are like, oh, it's not vegan. So like, it's similar, but not that similar. But anyway, I, like I mean, like that. Yeah, all these labels it's are. It's an really, animal product. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So technically, I shouldn't be eating honey, but. Uh, my partner and I, we keep our own bees and just, I don't think it's cruel or unethical, so I still eat honey. But but I pose you, so I think this is interesting. I posed this question to you about uh, a, while, a while ago. And I got an answer. No, 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 no. <laughs> One of the insect thing, it was the, the chicken. So um, I, I like giving Tara hypotheticals sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I live in a you know, rural sort of setting. I've got a very small house, but um, at the back of my house is an Aboriginal um, land and it then goes to Thelmy Lakes. Uh, and in the Thelmy Lakes, there are, um, you know, native birds and such. And so I said, you know, what if a chicken-like creature, um, so a bird, um, jumps into my backyard, so a bush turkey or something like that. And the bush turkey then lays eggs and it's laying lots and lots of eggs. And the eggs are not... You know, fertilized because okay. uh, they're only female chickens because they escaping the male patriarchy. This is a very like large. This is a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get to so the. 
Yeah, feminist chickens. <laughs> um, and they've decided to come in my backyard yes. and, and lay eggs as a gift. Um, Feet. Yeah, well, I assume so. Yeah. Um, what do I do? do? Do Can I eat it as, I was, a, vegan? as a vegan? Yeah. I th- a lot, some vegans do eat backyard chicken eggs, their own chickens that they know are well uh, looked after. And if those chickens are rescue chickens, so not chickens that you've bought from a hatchery, because mm. that's adding money to the industry. Mm-hmm. I personally don't see anything wrong with it, but I don't have my own chickens and I don't eat egg much anyway. It's not something I miss, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I think it comes up more is cow's milk and things it's not yeah. so much egg like egg replacers are pretty good now um and soy milk's pretty good so i don't really miss it but mm. personally i would probably eat those eggs if i wanted to but a lot of vegans in the community wouldn't because it's just they just kind of draw the line at no animal products yeah but it's not necessarily what's ethical it's just what you're just towing the line basically which i don't always agree with but yeah. personally it's i think it's individual but you know the, the eggs obviously cow's milk just couldn't ever become ethical like that because the heifers need to be impregnated. Anyway, we don't really talk about it. But you can look it up. You can Google it. But basically, because hmm. you know the cow, the female cows have to be pregnant. I think it's every well, six months, whatever, to keep producing the milk. And the male cow, cows go straight to the um, the bobby calves go straight to the slaughterhouse or yep. to veal or whatever. Because you can't guarantee that that female cow is going to give birth to female cows that you could then milk because it could be fifty percent. Yeah, so roughly fifty percent. Exactly, and then. Um, so in, even if you could decide it was female, like it's just, it's, um, those cows, dairy cows after six years or something, five years mm. goes to the slaughterhouse anyway. And, you know, even in Australia, the conditions for most dairy cows are good, but in America, it's very intensive farming mm. and those cows, don't have, their babies get separated as soon as they're born. So anyway, we can talk about that any other time, but I think it depends on you. I feel like being vegan is, I'm not trying to own the word if people want to call themselves vegan and eat chicken once a month I don't really care like it's whatever you want to be it's like no one owns the word it's up to you personally and it's all we all do the best we can when we can mm-hmm. yeah. so let's stretch out the hypothetical again. <laughs> <laughs> if I was on a desert <laughs> island and there was me to eat would you eat it no, no 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 so let's get back to the, the chicken in the backyard okay. yeah. uh, the chicken passes away would I eat it as mm. a dead chicken? Can I can I use the chicken then? I mean, you can, but vegan, I still wouldn't do it because I don't eat meat. Like, it's not because the animal, like, if, if like, an animal, like, I don't go around eating roadkill. Like, I think eating mm. an animal that's died naturally is more ethical than murdering the animal before. Yeah, yeah. so the, 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 the chicken died naturally. Yeah, I still wouldn't eat it because I don't eat meat. But okay. whether I think it's unethical or ethical is a different question. Mm. I mean, I think eating an animal that's died naturally on its own accord it's technically something unethical about it but sure. still wouldn't do it so the byproduct of the animal then is more acceptable for use than the animal itself well it's more like these animals get slaughtered like at six months or something when they can live for five years a lot of the animals yeah so, yeah no, but yeah. To, to the the chicken the, the feminist chicken <laughs> let's call her henrietta so the henrietta yeah. example yeah so henrietta's um byproduct is why chickens always called henrietta because hen, hen in the name. Hen, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know. I've never known a Henrietta chicken. Yeah. So. No, no, I'm sure they exist. Kids' stories and stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. cause it's kind of play on words. Hen, Henrietta. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, but they don't call a cow. Cow, yeah. Or heifer. Heifer. Cow, Cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay, so the byproduct of the, 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 the chicken herring out there is, is more acceptable for use than the... Well, that to me is more a thing about wastage, right? That to me more like feeds into ideas of like, I mean, oh. the animal's dead anyway. Like, you may as well use it. So, mm. but then you get, it gets to like slippery slope. I mean, like if the animal's getting slaughtered anyway, would I still eat the byproduct? Yeah, and then there? just accepting <laughs> the, whole, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, no, I understand it's that. The... you got to kind of draw the line. And, and I found that you got to be pretty steadfast with it because otherwise it's like if I eat, I'm like tomorrow's go, I'll just have a piece of birthday cake. Yeah. And then, you know, so I try and stick to my guns with it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of people want to throw out hypotheticals. Like if you're in a death island and if the only thing you could eat was meat, like would you eat meat? Or yeah, it'd be yeah. like, you know, and I mean, the, the same question about is eth- what's ethical is, is petri dish meat. So it's becoming really big. I've been researching it recently. Oh, yeah. So cell-based meat. Yeah. So basically... Uh, you can cultivate cells in petri dishes and grow them as meat. So at the moment, they can only do chicken nuggets and mince. They can't do bones because obviously they can't create uh, like the kind of uh, infrastructure That's you need. Yeah. So, you know, can you imagine how much difference it would make if all the mints at mm. McDonald's or something were cell-based? No animal has to die for it. Like, mm. it's amazing. It will change the world. Like, it would be huge. But I think there will be a big kickback from Australian farmers and stuff on it. Of course, yeah. yeah. And that'd be a transitionary um, arrangement uh, for for a marketplace. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember a while ago you you told me about um, there are some forums where vegans debate um, the look of meat. Oh so yeah. We went to mock meat. It was a green mushroom. Mm-hmm. One of the local cafes, and um, we had a curry, and the the, the lamb was crazy. Yeah, it, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, like it's if like, you, it's good green mushroom. It's on Blue Point Road. They do like Indian. I think it was like a Rogan Josh or something. Yeah. Um, but the lamb is like fake lamb is crazy. It's like sinewy. It's like a real meat. Yeah. Oh, it always has sinewy. Like you can break apart. Yeah. It looks like yeah, it's, it's meat that's being broken. Yeah. Um, and then I was asked, uh, you know, what, what food do we want? And then someone suggested a a normal pork based dish and I was like no I don't want to it's eat it weird. because it's I don't eat pork I, I don't I don't don't do it um and I don't even want something looking like it which is a strange thing no. but then everyone else was eating For, yeah. the, the vegans around right. the table like, and, <laughs> really liked. You know, and they're yeah hoeing into this stuff yeah. that looks like meat which is I think it's for yeah. me it's a texture thing because vegetarian food can be really untextured really boring mm. because it's all kind of mushy so to have something that's like got a bit of like uh, texture that you can pull apart is quite fun because like it's just different textures but i've got no problem with it but a lot of like really strict vegans are like oh don't eat the mock meats because it's too much like the real meat it's disgusting but for people transitioning it's amazing because like let's yeah. say you eat chicken nuggets and you're like oh i just couldn't go out chicken nuggets if you're buying vegan chicken nuggets it looks the same it smells the same it doesn't taste mm. the same really like it tastes close but i don't think we can ever quite get yeah. it until it's cell waste whatever like so you know i guess for people it really helps with that transitioning and i don't see any problem with it i mean it's not super healthy because it's often processed or gluten it's like essentially gluten or tofu or you know soy based so it's not like it's not as healthy as just eating beans or something but it's a bit more fun the cell the cell based thing is exciting i think um particularly for people that can't afford if it if it became more affordable um, yeah, well, already it's down to, I think it was started off being like $100,000 per kilo. Now it's down to like $100. They're making it way more affordable. Wow. And can you Because you're taking out all the emissions. Because like, yeah. at the moment you need to, the emissions for growing the grain or whatever, that mm. you're then feeding the cattle, which also produces anything. You're cutting all that out. So you're really just powering the building, but you're growing the lab, beat, mm. lab mm. Uh, meat. Like 
as a media, like, what would be the excuse, like, do you think, for medias not to eat it? The only thing um, would be the process of how to make it and sizing. So for me, uh, the lamb spit that we do, you know, at, um, yeah. at Easter and Christmas time is, is a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be hard to, yeah. to replace. I think meat will still be eaten, yeah. like, but it will be like fancy. So you'd be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go out for a steak and you yeah. go out and eat your steak. But if you could just replace all the hamburgers at McDonald's mm. with soul-based meat, it would just be amazing. Yeah, and we don't, like as my family, we don't do that often yeah um, so it's a treat yeah yeah my wife's um on a journey which she <laughs> um and she's uh, so she's you know on this weight loss journey and she's um through that um at 45 as a gym yeah she's done really well she's yeah yeah she's lost lots and lots of weight which yeah. is really good um and she's making all of these different foods and we're eating meat less and less now yeah and now um, ben complains all the time because he has to eat like quinoa and things like that no, I like him. Oh, you like yeah, 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 yeah. Kimo, Kimo. You're getting you like embracing the health food. Yeah, no, it's the the. Oh, she Kale. made um, oh, she made the shepherd's pie, and if Jodie ever listens to this, she don't care because <laughs> yeah, I've complained about this all the time. She makes this shepherd's pie, and then she told me, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna make shepherd's pie," and I like shepherd's pie. Like I, I like pies, like just oh, as a yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. She's gonna do this, and then. <laughs> puts it in front of me I'm like oh this is so good and then Isaiah's like eating it straight away and I bite into it I'm like oh, this tastes like mushy and it's white and then she put cauliflower instead of mashed potato mashed potato oh, so no. there's no mashed potato at all <laughs> that makes and, the ship as well. <laughs> yeah and there must be something because I spoke to my brother about this and I mentioned cauliflower to him and he's like no nah, it's disgusting and my mum used to do it all the time when we were kids so it must be some sort of memory come up from <laughs> like my childhood mm-hmm. that automatic like this gag reflex of um yeah we do not like cauliflower at all i just couldn't eat it i just struggled to get through this thing um but people make cauliflower rice as well no i can't do it can't do it you can't i can't even i yeah i had to buy it but you like cauliflower normally no no so that's why you didn't like it yeah but she tricked you she like hit it like a like a baby yeah it was like a baby but the whole thing was cauliflower and she didn't know so she didn't know that i don't like cauliflower well it's never come up before no no, i've never bought cauliflower into the house to cook or anything and yeah yeah. i used to do all the cooking um yeah one of ben's old jobs was a caterer so i'm right i'm gonna write a book that's called the thousand jobs (laughs) and that's one of the jobs (laughs) i did do catering yeah we had hellenic cuisine um yeah. yeah which was a lot of my family recipes um that was fun yeah we're not talking mm. much about science fiction and philosophy we're just mm. talking about food maybe we should add that to the description yeah and food, and food. yeah <laughs> shared love of good coffee oh we got and cats we haven't mentioned cats yet oh yeah mm. we have so i have a cat i've mentioned thomas thomas o'malley yeah and, and I, <laughs> ben has some of my cats. i have two yeah well yeah so there's a story behind, <laughs> behind what happened with my cat uh so i had a cat that was blind um allegedly so definitely blind yeah probably blind. <laughs> um, how they didn't notice how old was crumpet crumpet was like three sorry so you didn't Four. notice for three years that their cat was blind but to the to no, their credit five years. it was like yeah. a slow like decline in vision so it yeah. wasn't overnight yeah, but yeah, my yeah. partner's a vet and we came over and he was like looking at <laughs> crumpet and was like your cat's blind yeah sure. But again, okay, so Crumpet is named Crumpet because Crumpet goes with jam. So and There was a jam. There was a jam cat. Um, so my cat uh, that I had in, when I was living in the city and then moved back with, um, yeah, is jam. And then I named Crumpet. And then um, Tara went 
had this idea <laughs> to go capture all of these kittens. So many kittens. Yeah. Nine kittens. Yeah, and take it to her apartment. Um, yeah, which they take all of them and Thomas and yeah, and they shat up the walls. Yeah, so she had ten, <laughs> ten cats in. Was it ten? Yeah, ten was the most I had in one go. Yeah, so ten cats in a tiny little apartment in one room, and yeah. we. So on, on every Tuesday we come into uni together, and there was a couple of weeks you're like so stressed. Going, oh, I can't. I just can't go to 1989 for trivia. I have to get home for the cats. Yeah, well, because they shit a lot. Anyone that has had kittens will know that they just shit so much. And we had like four kitty trays in there, and they just would keep shitting. I don't know why. Tom, Tom, Tara's partner talked about how uh, last weekend he came over a weekend before. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, how he cleaned one tray and would go to the next one. By the time he's gone to the next tray, they've already destroyed the first tray he's just cleaned, yeah. let alone the other two. That um, was fun. But I rehomed them all, basically. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. The idea was to trap me to release the adults. So I found a colony of cats across my road, and there were like, there's six adults, and there were nine kittens. So I managed to get three of the adults hmm. and desex and put them back, except for one I've kept, Thomas O'Malley, and then nine kittens. And hmm. Ben was very <laughs> kind enough to take initially just one, one cat yeah so i was like okay one cat so we take this cat uh and this cat um on a voting process was named peanut as in peanut very butter democratic. it was democratic yeah there was preferences and such um so peanut butter um so i had jam jam passed away a long time ago crumpet was living blind peanut peanut butter um and then a week later crumpet became ill like really ill um, Which was actually sad. Like this story might sound like it was going to be funny, but yeah, <laughs> no, this was, was, this really was not good. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's been some time since this. Uh, there has been water under bridge there. Um, so Crumpet, uh, I took to the vet, and um, yeah, unfortunately he had to be put down because he had severe liver failure, kidney failure. Um, uh, yeah, it was irrecoverable basically, um, and he could not um, function anymore. As a being, he couldn't um, eat or do anything. Um, so that wasn't good. Um, so then Tara, I, so I wanted two cats and I've always wanted two cats because I think two cats actually are better together because you know they can extend each other's life, they have someone <laughs> to play with. Ideally extended. Ideally extended, yeah. <laughs> so then I, we've got another cat now from um, Tara, which is Pitta, as in Pitta bread. So it goes, a spread, something to spread on, is the naming convention of my cats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tara's ploy, obviously, was just to get rid of two cats. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We, we make a joke that I, I purposely gave Ben a sick cat, and yeah. then maybe stressed Crumpet out enough that yeah. he got sick, but to allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of two cats. And then I, yeah, as, as Peter was being drove, drove out to our house, I... I questioned as to if this, this cat was going to kill Peanut <laughs> <laughs> and then there'd be another cat. But no, no, uh, both kittens are fine. And healthy and naughty. They're healthy, they're <laughs> naughty, they're driving um, Jody crazy. Yeah, they pull out the kids' toys from their rooms and play with them, um, which is quite funny. They use the kitty litter a lot. Yeah, the pools. Can you imagine having another seven? Yeah, yeah. They drink a lot of water, these cats as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peanut actually eats, drinks water really strange. He, he, does he put so, his hands up on yeah, the Yeah, he water still bottle? does that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, yeah, he, uh, if you imagine a cat approaching a water bowl, normally they would just bend down and, and drink out of it. Um, 
jam, my, my first cat, we would hear this ding, 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 like this, this and, uh, noise. It took me ages to figure out what was going on. And jam was hitting the side of the bowl to see the ripples in the water <laughs> to get just close enough to take the water because jam did not like water at all. Mm -hmm. It just was one of these cats. Whereas Peanut, the, the new kitten, loves water, um, walks through water bowl, <laughs> does not care, like just steps straight in it, doesn't care at all. Um, but yeah, he now grabs the side of the bowl, as in puts both paws on top of the bowl and pulls like it. Like a giraffe or something, yeah. like drinking from and the water. and pulls the thing towards him. So the water bowl is moving around <laughs> the laundry where they, their food... You and, have to film it and show you. Yeah, it's fun. very strange. The moral yeah. of that story is don't try and rehome a whole colony of cats. No, no. But you've only got one now. Yeah, so Thomas mm -hmm. O'Malley, he's the, he was an adult cat that we were meant to trap new and release, but I couldn't release him. It was just too sweet. Mm -hmm. um, he had a big abscess on his neck that had been treated, not treated for like, obviously... If he was on, they weren't doing a very good job at yeah. keeping him. He wasn't microchipped either. And so we cleaned it up. We took it to the vet. We desexed him. And, mm -hmm. and at first, like, he was just sitting in the laundry. He'd just sit on the toilet. And he looked so stressed. And we're thinking, oh, we're not going to be able to keep him inside. He's not going to tolerate it. And now he's just, like, loves it. He's got his own couch. You know what I mean? He's, like, really spoiled. Yes, his own couch. That's yeah. great. So, mm. yeah, we've, we've addressed cats now. We've talked about politics, a little bit about religion and philosophy. We like coffee. Would you like coffee? We don't like, I don't like Vittorio. Vittorio. Yeah. Italian. I don't know. It's too bitter. So yeah. Like, and so I think it's a burnt thing though. Cause it seems to be. Always, do you, is it the barista? Or is it that they burn the milk or like, how does it always taste so bad? Yeah. It always tastes bad. If you've got any theories about it, you can. Yeah. I like Campos. Open. Yeah. We like Campos. I like Toby's estate. Mm. I like whatever weird blend they use it. When they use it, Schenken, I like that. Oh, Schenken blend is good. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Schenken owned? Do they just call it Schenken? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's a mixture blend. Um, yeah, Schenken is a very good cafe. And they used to have the cold drip, but the, the whirly thing broke. Oh, yeah. Whatever the whirly thing... So if you imagine a cold drip coffee machine and you've got the whirly yeah. thing in the middle, they don't even know what the name of it is. But no. their whirly thing broke. And it yeah. broke months and months ago and they haven't got a new... I'm just getting a new frippin'... Yeah, oh, we should talk about what stories we're going to look at later. We should. Yes. Um, did we write that down? Yes. We did write so that gonna, down. There's a couple of stories we're going to look at. Yeah. We didn't write down the names of the... Those cool. Oh, you've already written yeah. Good job. Okay. Yeah, yeah I wrote. So, uh, in upcoming episodes, we are going to talk about um, The Axolotl by Julio Cortazar, was mm -hmm. my suggestion. Yeah. It's a short story about a guy that goes and looks at an axolotl. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. They're pretty yeah. cool looking animals. Axolotls are really cool. Actually, there's a Twitter account that retweets every photo or every mention of axolotl. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's fun. And then Shtetl Days is a short story by Harold Turtle Dove, um, who's a really cool Jewish science fiction writer. So I went to the Nebula Science Fiction Awards in Los Angeles, and he gave a talk, and I thought it would be interesting. I haven't read a lot of specific Jewish science fiction hmm. or Israeli science fiction, so we can give it a go. Hmm. And we're going to try and just look at some science fiction stories and also maybe play some games because Ben owning a game shop in MacArthur Square in yes. Campbelltown, yes. if you wanted to check it out. He's yes. got good games. They do a lot of like Magic the Gathering and all that sort of stuff. We weren't planning on plugging the, <laughs> the No, the no, we shop. weren't. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, Game Traders in MacArthur Square. It's a, it's a nice small business. It was my favorite store on MacArthur Square. 
um, and it has a big focus on retro gaming, board gaming, and trading card games. So, mm -hmm. so they do magic, like, they do like some other events you've got. What else do you play there weekly? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Pokemon, Smash, Smash is sort of off now. Um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons is huge, so that's Friday and Saturday nights packed out now, which is crazy. Yeah, which it's a hot room, room when you get on yeah, this. So. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's fun. So if you wanted to go check that out, you can find Ben's game on Ben's Game Shop on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, or Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. So Game Traders MacArthur Square. Just it's everywhere. For that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I like owning the store. Um, at times, at other times, uh, it is very trying yeah. and hard. Um, it is hard work owning a small business and. Um, small children. <laughs> small children, yeah. It, it is very, very difficult. Uh, but uh, I know this, this episode is probably going to be long. Um, uh, but we, if we're going to meet weekly, maybe we should talk about your trip. Mm, in America. Nebula. Yeah, and then yeah. I can talk about um, the arcade competition. Yeah, so I have, I have things. Upcoming events. No, we can talk about the past one. So the you missed it. What? Okay, yeah. Oh, um, is that on you? Actually, I saw it. You represented mm, 80, 1989. I did right? represent 1989. I saw photos. Okay, yeah, so yeah. background. So, but no, 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 I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> you talk about yours okay. first whilst, yeah, I, I prepare the notes. Prepare the notes. Okay, <laughs> so I went to America for a month and a half um, with two different conferences on either end. So I started off at Nebula in LA, which was a science fiction writers conference where they do awards, which was really cool. And then I had a science fiction research association conference in Hawaii at the end in Honolulu. So well, I basically decided, well, if there's about a month and a half between them, I may as well stay in America. Cause if anyone who's traveled there, it's a really long way to fly there. So I decided mm -hmm. to do some traveling. So I started in LA and then I went up to Seattle where my uncle lives, spent some time in Seattle. And then I went up to Vancouver Island and my partner came, Tom, and we did, we camped for six days there. Then we flew to New York because why would you go to America and not see New York? Mm -hmm. So we're in New York for five days. And then we came back, Tom had some bee stuff in Pullman, which is a small little town in Washington state. And then we, I flew to Hawaii for 10 days and Tom went home because someone had to come look after our cat. Tom, Tom the cat. Um, but so yeah, Tom, Tom came to look Tom after Tom. Tom came to look after Tom. Yeah. Uh, but the Nebula was really cool. It was a really, really nice conference. All the writers were really welcoming and really kind, and I really enjoyed it. Um, definitely would go back again. I got to do a little panel. So I was yeah. meant to be speaking in a panel with some other, like some pretty like well-known writers. I can't for the life of me remember their names now. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they were like big names. So well-known. Yeah, so well-known. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I was sitting them with them and I was meant to be participating in the panel and then I realized no one had, uh, what do you call this? Convenience or whatever. Mm. So I just decided to do it because I was like, someone needs to do it. And they all had published and stuff. So I was like, mm. well, that would be me. So I quickly scribbled down some questions and just ran the moment. It was really cool because they're all science fiction writers that were looking at, um, how science fiction impacts like world events and how um, sort of like real life examples and stuff. And I'll write, look up their names and I'll tell you guys next time. Mm. Um, but that was really fun. I actually really liked it. Um, and my I gave a talk there as well and gave out surveys. So I got like 40 survey, surveys done, which is actually really awkward. And on hindsight, I would have done what Ben had done, made them online because mm. carrying out these bits of paper, I'd meet someone and then really unnaturally be like, hello, would you also <laughs> like to do my survey? And it just like really killed the mood but people were pretty kind and mm. then traveled around and then i went to science fiction research association conference in hawaii which was 
pretty interesting. It was fun. It was different, but I liked it. And the people were really kind, but it was sort of just a bit different to some of the other conference I went. It was very like, um, they really like, like to debate and all that sort of stuff, which was nice, but I kind of got the impression that they were a bit more um, critical maybe of other people's pr- presentations than in other conferences right. I've been in. But um, maybe that'll change. I'm trying to get a bit more involved with SFRA and maybe going to Science Fiction Research Association conference yeah. and apply for doing the... They're looking for an assistant editor for video things. So I'm going to apply to do that. Oh, okay. That's good. I just thought for experience might be good. So yeah. I'm going to send in an application to that. But they're a pretty cool society. But they're very big on kind of looking at... Um, like uh, new science fiction that deals with really like anti-capitalism and mm-hmm. you know pro-indigenous rights and that sort of stuff which is pretty interesting as well mm-hmm. but yeah America was very different I found it very different to Australia I've traveled a bit before and I've been to the UK mm-hmm. and the UK I didn't find that different but America I found quite different people just would not know what I was talking about like I'd go in <laughs> I'd be like I'd be like oh hi do you have like this in the shop and they'd be like what and I'm like do you have this like in the shop and it's like what like what like she could not understand me and like like especially in Seattle when because Seattle like didn't seem like they got a lot of people from other countries it was pretty like mm. like white American maybe mm. that and they just like you know had no idea what I was saying which was really frustrating because I mean you normally assume in like a western predominantly western speaking country you'd be able to speak sure English right mm. <laughs> in America you don't expect that but yeah it was quite frustrating um, and like my mom was talking calling on room service so my mom came to uh, Hawaii with me for a few days mm. and she was like calling she was like can I have like a bottle of water and the same was like what and she's like water and she's like oh water <laughs> like, like, this, like is that what we're saying so, uh-huh. alright anyway uh, but it was fun I liked America I got mm. a lot of Uber so I met a lot of Uber drivers so it was nice to like see the world through Uber drivers eyes because yeah. in LA there's an all the public transport so you just gotta get Uber you hire a car you get Uber yeah. but it was just nice to see like hear how Uber drivers lived because mm. this is so diverse especially in LA like each driver was completely different background like mm. completely different profession it might be like Mexican or from South America or all these sorts of things so it was kind of fun sure yeah. Uh, you mentioned they use well um, this morning when we were talking. There's lots of um, poverty. That's yeah, evident. I noticed that. I was a bit more than I like than I realized. Like I got off on a certain street in Seattle when I was leaving very early at six a.m. I had like an eleven hour layover in Seattle, and I was obviously got I got off the bus at like a very big uh, homeless area, <laughs> which I was a bit scared. I was traveling on my own, had my suitcase, and I was lost. So you don't want to be like mm. with your suitcase lost mm. a woman on your own you don't know where you're going kind of in mm. somewhere where there's like a lot lot of homeless people mm. but you know I, you know and they kind of like kind of called out so i just kept like walking along but it was pretty terrifying but i just thought like i hadn't seen anything like this in the other seattle i kind of thought that it was very like you know um they didn't have a lot of poverty and then i just this whole street was lined with yeah. poor people so it's just yeah i felt like it was pretty extreme the divide between rich and poor and like you read about it but to see it it was quite different mm. yeah mm. but I definitely recommend going it was like a cool place to visit America in general yeah yeah huh. I know you don't have much of like a desire to go <laughs> uh, yeah we, we spoke about non-offensive things <laughs> I don't want an insult and uh, look this America is what America is um, and I I have views on um politics um, of different countries and the way countries engage with the world um, 
I guess the European ideal I, I have more respect for and that doesn't mean that I'm anti-Brexit or anything like that like to, to bring it into world affairs uh, it's just that engagement with the other closer um, for uh, nation states I think is useful mm -hmm. whereas America makes the other the entire world and that competition basis of um, you know one country against everyone or a protector mm. of everyone uh, I, I find difficult to deal with um, and it's very strange but I don't hold anything against Americans in general like a, as a as a tutor and a lecturer most uh, the highest proportion of our international students uh, aside from Asian countries is American yeah really like there's there's lots of them um, and it's just so diverse yeah. like each state almost feels like another country too so like yeah. you go into you know, like California compared to Washington compared to, I mean, Honolulu or like Waikiki mm. or whatever. It's just so diverse. So you yeah. always feel like each place is a different country. And I guess it, they often vote differently as well to yeah, each other. Totally. So that it is really like... Yeah, and, and I know the population of uh, a state is the population of Australia. Like yeah. it's like the population is massively different. So there is, there is lots of differences. And I have travelled uh, uh, briefly, so I've gone to... UK, I've gone to Israel um, and Scotland a lot, um, so you know, I'm not averse to travel. But on my list of places to visit, it's not, <laughs> America's on high. It is not high, no. Yeah. Um, but they have a lot of like cool, like, like even though they might not pay their professors because there's a big issue in America with yeah. adjunct. I think they call them adjunct. Yes, yeah, adjunct yeah, which yeah, is the non-paid. Yeah, yeah, because I think it means slightly different in Australia mm -hmm. what adjunct means. But anyway, that. Even though that's quite bad, they do have a lot of respect for science fiction studies and hmm. culture studies and pop culture and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and, and an MIT's um, area of um, study, uh, particularly in relation to the philosophy of uh, gaming, yeah. is very big. Um, so uh, that's kind of cool. I recognise that, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But you've got some cool... So you had a gaming, retro gaming event, right? Yes, yes. So it's called Battle of the Arcades. Um, and Would you we, tell them first what 89 is? Nine, yeah, okay, so 1989 is a bar, it used to be um, bar and kitchen, it is now just bar mm -hmm. uh, in Newtown, and uh, I frequent that place weekly, um, it's owned by Ben Campbell, um, who is a guy who comes from, I think he comes from Manchester in the UK, um, oh, which is near where Arcade Club is, in Bury, uh, Manchester, um, and yeah, he he travelled around and he saw lots of different bars and arcades around the world. I didn't know he was from England. I didn't know yeah. he had an accent. Really? No. He's got such an accent. Oh, really? Yeah. I have to hear him talk yeah. Yeah. And, But he's, he's got a film background. An interesting thing really? about Ben. Yeah, yeah. he, um, on the first two series of Peppa Pig, he is credited as, really? as the editor. Yes. Oh, yeah. Quality program now. He, well, <laughs> it's Peppa Pig. It's very important, like, popular. <laughs> it's a... I'm going to take um, a Peppa Pig DVD one time with Isaiah and get him to sign it for Isaiah because <laughs> okay. that would be cute. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Ben is a lovely guy and he bought a Turtles arcade machine, which is Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, the four-player arcade machine in the UK, and then decided he needed a home for it. Um, and he decided the home was going to be in a, um, a kitchenette... Uh, 
restaurant, which is what 1999 was before. Did they own one before, like a different venue? I thought they opened no, this was, uh, that's what it was. Oh, it was right. like this, this lunchtime kitchenette thing, because mm-hmm. um, he thought food and arcade would be better to go together, mm-hmm. um, sort of doing what Arcade Club does in, in Barrie, whereas in Australia, pub scene is quite large. It's generally the socialising um, you know, area. No one really socialises around um you know, lunchtime venues. You go there for lunch and then you go. Yeah. No one's hanging around. Yes. Whereas if you go to a bar at night, everyone's hanging out at the bar like for a number of hours. So 1989, Newtown, um, it's filled with arcade games, um, pinball machines. We joke with the guys from um, the Game the System podcast, which we should put a, a link to in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I joke to them that... Uh, <laughs> It, the so their their definition or Mark's definition in general of a, a barcade is you have to have pinball, and I got a pinball machine in my shop first before Ben got one in 1989. Mm-hmm. So I claim to be New South Wales first barcade, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't sell sell alcohol in my my business. Um, you do sell some American. I sell soft drinks, drinks like yes, and <laughs> yeah. So this is an argument like can countries which don't have alcohol can they have barcades? Yeah. Mark says no. Ben says no. Ah, yeah, and I say yes. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, we've got friends that that go to 1989. We form a trivia group um, that uh, we do trivia once a month there. And 1989 um, uh, for now three years has um, take uh, partaken in Battle of the Arcades, and that includes one up arcade in Queensland. There's also Game Room Essentials, I think, um, Netherworld, Queensland, Arcadia, and Pincadia. Um, so, yeah, those six venues um, all play certain video games each month, uh, at um, one time, mm-hmm. month during a year. They then form a team. So, um, I made the qualifiers um, on June 15, uh, and then the June 16th was the final. And we played lots of games. Um, I'll name them and see if you you know any of them. Uh, Metal Slug Three. No, you know I don't uh, know all these no. retro games. Just say it to the podcast people. That space might Space Invaders. I know Space Invaders. Yeah, yeah. So we played that. Ladybug, which is cool. Final Fight. Um, so Final Fight. The guy that played on our team, Evan Weston, he is the world record holder for Street Fighter. He has just um, got the world record for Final Fight, um, which is amazing. Pac Man. Ghosts and Goblins, Blazing Star, which was uh, my uh, game of choice, uh, Time Pilot, Burger Time, and Amadar. So, mixture of games. Um, we played okay. You came second? Third. Third. Yeah. Out of how many teams? No, uh, six. That's not too bad. Yeah, middle of the road. And there's yes. how many people? Three? Have you in the team? Uh, well, there should have been ten. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but there was only seven, I think, or six. Yep. Six. Hang on. So we got Matt, who is yeah, he has the world record for. Um, yeah, you tell us each. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's Matt, Mark, myself, Ben, Evan. Oh, John. Then, no, John didn't come. No. And then that, there was this other guy who was um, really good at metal slug. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the six of us. Yeah. Oh, the six. And there's another event coming up, Tetris, right? Yes, yeah, so... Do you know when that is? Uh, 
That's we're gonna we're gonna tell you next time what it is. No, oh, it might be next. Oh, soon, isn't it? Yeah, it might be three weeks. On, yeah, so the Australian Tetris World Championship. Well, it's not World Championship. It's the Australian. It's the Aussie Classic Tetris Championship. Is on. I think the qualifiers are on Sunday the twenty first. Yeah. And it's not just, it's like old school Tetris too. It is. So don't, just, if you're like pro on your phone, don't think you can just come and wing it. Because no, I don't want anyone to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well what really? happened last time is Ben came like second, right? I did come second. Because yeah. there weren't many good players. <laughs> well, I, I was the best of the casual players there. But then there were expert the, players. The way that they picked the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was a tiering system which was not fair. So... Yeah, you had the expert players knocking each other off on one side of the table, yeah. like of, of the standings, and then the, the casual players knocking each other off over the other side. So of the casuals, um, yes, I played best, um, but when it came to the experts, no, I did not play best. But you've been practicing, right? I had been practicing. <laughs> uh, oh, for this this year, I well, no, I because I I've been playing Tetris Effect, which is really cool. cool yeah. And I keep the playing. lights and the sound and stuff are really cool yeah. in that game. If you haven't beautiful game. played it before, um, that is a good example of perpetual gaming. Yeah, that's a very good example. Yeah, um, so we've been playing that. Um, been playing Tetris Ninety Nine, which is the Battle Tetris on the Switch. Yeah, but have you been playing the one that they're going to test you on? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> been playing Sega Tetris for the Dreamcast. <laughs> okay, but the one you need to be playing if you want to practice is which one? Classic Tetris. So classic, classic PAL Tetris on the NES. On the NES. So the original yeah. Nintendo Entertainment System, yeah. not the NTSC one. Let's so. say hypothetically I wanted to purchase one of these. And I oh, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and I Do I have the store for <laughs> you? No, no, no. Um, yeah, so the, you can't play it on um, most systems. You can't even um, emulate it because a lot of emulators you're downloading actually has the best version, which is NTSC, the American version, or right. the Japanese. This is the PAL country, so it's Britain um, or Australia's 50 hertz, 60 hertz differential. Um, yeah, so we're going to be playing that, and I'm going to go terrible. <laughs> me too, because uh, Ben gave me a NES to practice on. Yeah, you haven't said that. Have <laughs> you? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I'll go even worse. But if you wanted to come and check out the details on that, you could just look at, I think, um, they have a Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook. That. So there'll be the qualifiers or something. I think then a couple of weeks later they have the yeah next level. Oh, no, next, next day. Oh, yeah. it's the next day. It was oh, going to be a week apart, right. but now they've brought it Saturday and Sunday yeah. to encourage people that are traveling from interstate. <laughs> he, he's trying to get more people to do it, which is yeah. not good uh, for me. So... <laughs> So I, I'm currently second. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to come and beat Ben, which wouldn't be hard, you should come and check yeah, it out. Yeah, um, if you're like a closet Tetris pro, this, mm. is, the cha this is the championship. For this you. is it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so then you've got a big retro gaming thing coming up too in Brisbane. That's right. Yeah. There's Kong off, yeah. which is going to be huge. And then there's the Aussie Arcade Masters, which is what I'm training for at the moment. Um, and the, do you do like a rocky montage when you're training? I do, yeah. <laughs> um, With your fingers closest up of the yeah, thumbs as they're going on the bum. I destroy my hands. My, my, my hands actually are sore from practicing. Oh, yeah. Didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, so that's going to be interesting because um, I suck at Donkey Kong. 
Oh yeah, it's really um, hard. I don't know yeah. if other people played it. I suck at it too. Basically, yeah. I just walk up the ladder and I'm dead. Yeah. I don't even know like, what happens, but you're dead. Like, every yeah, three yeah, minutes. no, it's a game that constantly tries to kill you, and I, I'm bad at it. And you have to do it on four-way I've never four seen anyone stick. good at it. Like, I know that if well, I went online. Oh. So this is yeah. <laughs> Billy Mitchell is coming, and Billy oh. Mitchell recently. Why do you say these names like I know who you mean? Like, oh yeah, well, good someone, on. someone might know. Good on Billy Mitchell, but he's the Donkey Kong Pro. <laughs> he's the guy that got caught cheating. Oh. Is the, yeah, so... Um, this is serious sports, guys. This isn't like... Is people, you call it eSports? eSports, yeah. yeah. Or sort of eSports. It predates that. R-sports. R-sports. Retro sports. C-sports. Uh, classic gaming sports. Um, yeah, he was caught... So they, they did an analysis of the old video. Did he have drugs in No, he, he, it's, the video is wrong. Like, it's sideways. Like, it has oh. lots of things wrong with it. So... He was using a version of MAME, which is not allowed. Um, he possibly pieced together the video. So using save states and just getting towards the but high just score. But just to clarify, you don't get any money or anything for winning this. This guy has been paid a lot of money. From who? Like he's paid he's to travel around the world and yeah, he's sponsored. And he's but he must be good at Donkey Kong anyway, right? He's but he's not good. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. And his, his record has been beaten anyway. But he's now playing on Twitch and he's getting high scores again. So he's going to be there. Walter Day is going to be there. Walter Day is the owner originally of Twin Galaxies in Otumwa, Iowa. Ooh. There's one place I would visit in America. Otumwa, <laughs> Iowa. The, the arcade's no longer there, but just to say that I went to Otumwa, Iowa. It's a serious business. Yeah. So we'll mm. tune in in a couple of weeks or a month. When are you going? August. Uh, August, yeah. And we'll do a chat when you get back about how it went. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be I think we're going to try and do this weekly on a Tuesday because we're yeah. on a Tuesday and yeah. Mm. We've probably been talking for long enough. Have we? I don't know. There's uh, no timer. There is no timer. Do we want to do some have... last remarks? Last remarks, yeah. You don't want to talk about what you've... Do we have like a fun segment that like we like each time we do like each time is the same? No. Like a repeated thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, no, why don't we do like the last movie? Oh, you don't watch any movies. Oh, well, what about the last? I can talk about the game I've been recently playing. You can talk about a book that you've recently Okay, alright, you go first because I need to remind myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the moment, I have uh, hooked up my Amiga 500 to um, a PVM screen. So I've got a CRT hooked up in my garage. Um, so I'm playing like uh, I would have in the nicest. Now, a little bit of background for this. <laughs> I needed a speaker system for it, right? So I go to JB Hi-Fi and I saw in their catalog, $19 speakers, right? Uh-huh. 40 watt speakers, little tiny ones, great. They would work good. So I looked at them in the shop and there was a row of these speakers, different mm-hmm. speakers, right? Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, $19, that's, that's cool. But then the $39 one, you get a subwoofer with it and the subwoofer is quite large mm-hmm. and they were, 100 watt speakers so i'm like oh okay i might get the 89 dollar ones and then i saw a big box and this didn't have a price on it but it had two larger speakers and a massive subwoofer 400 watt system which is huge for an old computer system mm-hmm. and i asked about it and then 150 dollars later i'm taking <laughs> this <laughs> speaker system to my car mm-hmm. um and now i've so i've hooked that up in the garage um i'm playing my amiga 500 at the moment I'm playing Cannon Fodder, which is a point-and-click game where you control um, these little uh, soldiers, and you have Hang to. Hang on, that's the one we played with on oh, A9 with the, the 
explosions and stuff and you're running along and there's all the tanks and you're like a little... Nah, nah, that's Metal Slug. That's, oh, that's the Metal Slug. No, Cannon Fodder is like little tiny graphics, like little... Mm-hmm. I'm showing that no one's going to see. They're <laughs> about a centimetre large, so little tiny um, mm-hmm. pixel people. And they're walking around a field and they've got to shoot people. It was controversial at the time of being released in 1993 because it had the poppy on the front of the cover um, originally and then they had to put up all these warnings saying that cannon fodder is not association with the royal guard because right. uh, yeah. people thought it was like a promotional video they thought yeah it was either taking the piss out of people who oh, died right, in the war yeah. or because uh, it was the the tagline for cannon fodder is war has never been so much fun oh, no. yeah, it's, it's like really offensive at the time this wow is, yeah well yeah. and yeah, I guess not so much now, but I can imagine. No, but it predated all of the rating system and everything. Right. So, yeah, this is the era where um, Night Trap showed, um, uh, you know, these ninja people, like, getting a scantily clad woman and dragging her away. Like, it's not good. Those pixels were Those pretty, uh, pixels, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, pixels. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm playing Cannon Fodder at the moment, um, and I'm not very good at it. I, I remember being good at it, and I think that that's rose-coloured glasses. Um, but it's fun to play, like this old '90s system. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, again. That's cool. Hmm. What I are you reading? I am reading *Galactic P- Patrol* by E. Doc Smith, which is a pretty old-school science fiction writer who's writing from. Oh, he's born 1890. Died that's what the, the doc. The doc is in. Um, it's just. I think it stands. Inverted commas. He's got like a full. Uh, his name is Edward Elmer Smith. Was born in Wisconsin. I don't know about the doc. I'll have to research that. But oh basically, uh, yeah, he's very old school. This book is very like spaceship heavy, and so it's reading a little bit like a like a boys book, like lots of explosions and lots of spaceships and aliens. I don't know. I'm still giving it a go. It's quite. It's. I'm only not even a quarter way in, but this book was given to me. By H.G. Wells' great grandson. Oh, this is the book. Yeah, I know <laughs> about this book. Yeah. So this is pretty exciting. So, yeah. if anyone doesn't know who H.G. Wells is, is a pretty cool old school science fiction writer yeah. who wrote um, Time Traveler, um, War of the Worlds. Mm. Um, he's a like, big writer. And mm. I just happened on the plane to be sitting next to his great grandson, who's also a science fiction writer named James Wells. And we chatted for six hours on the way to Hawaii about all things sci fi. <laughs> um, and he was a really nice guy. And we met up a couple of times in Hawaii. And he gave me a book to read. So what does he think about, this is H.G. Wells' grandson, what is Great grandson. Great grandson. I think so, yeah. What does he think about um, always being in H.G. Wells' shadow? Because he'll never get that famous. I think, I don't know, I sort of asked him, like, did he start writing sci-fi because that's who he was, and Mm. does his family have a lot of science fiction writers? And I think not many people in his family had gone, like, the creative avenue, Mm. but he, um, he's only just, I think... He's been writing, he's written one book and he's writing the other one now, uh, the second edition. Right. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, I'm not sure. I think he, he personally just wanted to do it and he, I don't think he claims it. Like he doesn't write on his emails, the great grandson HG. <laughs> 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 I think that'd be like a Doesn't far. have a business card. <laughs> no. And he didn't tell me straight up either. Like we kept talking for a long time before he said it. So I don't think mm. he waves it about as like cred, as That's sci-fi cred. But, um, he definitely knows a lot about H.G. Wells, which I think you've, you've researched. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, yeah. But, but that's yeah. a cool looking book. I like the cover. Yeah, me too. I'll keep giving it a go. I'm still really early on. Um, it's very kind of like Star Trek. Like They have a big like space league. I think they call it well, the, Lensman. The, the front cover looks like um, 
the uh, what's that ship called from Star Wars? The um, I don't know. Don't ask me that. Tom would know. Not the, 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 destroy, the star destroyer. Star destroyer. Yeah. So it looks like a star destroyer, which is lying on a planet um, and there's a moon in the background and it's like pink kind of hazy sunset and then there's like two astronauts walking yeah but they, standard they, pink it's blue. kind of intergalactic it's more like star trek like they have so far is what i understand they're called the lensmen and right. they're like a team of people that are chosen from each um planet to be really good at everything so like top thousand people each year men i think predominantly mm. get chosen to represent the um planetarium so they're like police they're basically like space police. Oh, okay. And they go around and um, do things. Huh. So, yeah, that's, but that's all I've got so far. I'll keep you guys tuned on how it goes. Tuned in. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Doc, E. Doc Smith was like the first, I think he's considered the first space opera, one of the first space opera writers of the time. So he's pretty important as if you're looking back historically in the trend of sci-fi. Hmm. There you go. All right. That's cool. Cool. We'll end it there. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you would like to get in contact, uh, you can. So I have Twitter. Um, so it's at Ben Benasic. So at B E W N Benasic is B A N A S I K. Tara B can be contacted via email. Sure. But just contact Ben, and we might even. <laughs> we might uh, okay, even... <laughs> just contact me. <laughs> No, but we might. I'm gonna get a Twitter handle thing okay. next time, um, yeah. and I'll tell you what that is. Apparently, everyone uses Twitter. I always avoided it, but it's kind of yeah. inevitable. So I'm just it's gonna. Discord as well, but then. Yeah. Anyway, gonna... you can email me uh, if it's really important. I don't think anyone's gonna be. Not many people are gonna be listening to it. But if you are listening to it, my email is. Uh, I'm not gonna spell it out. We're gonna write it on the post, right? On the. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in yes. the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, and we shall see you later. Bye.